You know what? You are the only person you are guaranteed to spend the rest of your life with. So, we want you to feel at home with yourself. To have an understanding of what being human truly means. And to be a witness to the things that are happening within you. We're here for the good. The bad. And the downright ugly. <laughs> so, come on this journey. And be messy with us. You are listening to The Real Meaning of Humanity with Alexis. That's my name. And you're Krista. Yeah, that's me. What it is. What's up? Got you in the club. What it is. What it is. What's up? What's up? Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving, ate a lot of food, got the stuff in. Yeah. There's potatoes. What? Never really. Anyway. Anyways. I hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Um, felt very thankful around family. <laughs> I hope you felt very thankful. For all the good and the bad and the ugly. And the ugly. And the ugly. Anyways, okay. Anyways, to start the off of the episode of My Crazy Life... <laughs> This is episode three of What the Fuck. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah. No, but really. So, if um, you are wondering what has happened before this, please just go listen because we can't recap it because there's just so much all in one episode that if I were to recap and then tell you everything, this episode would be two hours long. And we don't want to do that. So, yeah. so, just go listen to the last two episodes part one, part two. It's really great. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. Go listen. Okay, so where we left off last time was Alexis found out that X was dating G the whole time, mm-hmm. um, and she didn't really, she felt very alone, mm-hmm. very broken, didn't know what to do, um, and so just she felt like, I need to tell somebody, like, we need help, and I can't keep going to this church and pretending like nothing's wrong. And so she decided to tell the lead pastors. Um, and that's kind of where we left off and that's where we'll pick up. Yeah. So just like what Krista said, I have been feeling very alone these past eight, nine months going back and forth with me and ex him always contacting me and, um, not letting each other go. I mean, pretending either everything was fine and, like, me and him are fine at church or me pretending and us acting like we just didn't even know each other. So it's just that back and forth, constant um, inconsistency and constant, like, hiding in a way. Yeah. Like, having to put on a face and then, um, it like, I always had anxiety going to church mm-hmm. and I felt so alone in it. And so I was tired of being alone. I was tired of having everything in hiding. And that's why I decided to go and tell the pastors that were over us as leaders and then over um, the ministry that we were a part of. Mm. And so I found out where we left off. I found out in the middle of April that X was in a full-on other relationship with G never broke up with her and then was with me the whole time as well. And, um, 
obviously other things that happened, which was in the last episode. And um, I was like, this has gone way too far. The manipulation, the um, just the evilness behind it just went way too far. And the extent, the extent that he went, um, it's just completely unnecessary. And we both need help. He needs help. Um, my intent was never to be like, I want him getting. I want to get him kicked out of the church. That wasn't it at all. It was just like, hey, we're dying. Like, mm-hmm. he's crying out, and in in a way, that doesn't seem like he is, but he is. And then I'm crying out, like I need help. I feel alone, mm-hmm. and so I knew we just needed help, and it needed to be out in the open and exposed because, um, the hidden is the unhealed, and the unexposed is the unhealed. So yeah, that's and. All. One of my favorite things that you always say to me is like when you actually like verbalizing something is so hard because when you actually verbalize it, it like makes it real. Like if it's just in your head or you're just keeping it to yourself, like you can very much like play it off as like, oh, it's not actual reality. But then when it's, once it's like actually said out loud, mm-hmm. it becomes real. And I feel like that's really what you're going towards too. Exactly. So I, you know, I just reached out to them over the phone, like, hey, whenever y'all are available, have a free time. Like, I need to talk to y'all. This is going to be a serious talk and I need y'all's full attention. Mm -hmm. And they're like, perfect. We can set up a phone meeting. And um, I actually talked to them uh, the weekend after I found out. And it was that Wednesday morning, right before I was going to go to um, students that night. Mm -hmm. And, um, And I flat out just told them everything. And I told them my intentions, where my heart was at. Um, As I was telling them this, I told them that um, I'm not doing this as a vengeful, um, quote-unquote, ex-girlfriend crazy way. Like, because people love to label me as that. But it really wasn't that. My heart was never in that place. Um, It was me just telling them coming to help we need help. This needs to be seen. I mean, this just needs to be laid out all on the table. Yeah. And, and one thing I want to clarify is like, you weren't just sitting there and lo- and saying, look at all of X's messiness. You were like, look at my messiness. Look at our messiness. Like, what do we do? Exactly. Like I threw myself under the bus too. Like I told him that, yes, I had, um, sex with B and so there was confusion in the chlamydia like all this stuff like I told them everything yeah and stuff you'll also hear about like in the next episode too is like Alexis's part so you'll hear about that later but she owned everything in that conversation exactly (laughs) and so I told them everything and I knew I had to get myself ready for this conversation because I knew how the woman pastor was going to react because it was a woman and a man over us as pastors. So we're going to give them nicknames because they're going to be mentioned a lot. So we'll call the woman pastor Mara. And then we'll call the male pastor Chad. There we go. So Mara and Chad. There we go. Beautiful. <laughs> and so I knew Mara would... I had a feeling that she would ask me a specific question, and I was right. So as soon as I told her everything, the first thing she asked me was, well, why didn't you tell us this before? Mm -hmm. Because I was getting lunch with you once every month, and um, we were talking. And she knew some of the things. Like, she knew 
that X was showing up at my apartment unannounced and wouldn't stop texting me and calling me and wanted to work things out. Like I was telling her, I was telling her that information, but I wasn't telling her everything else because I was scared and I didn't want to be judged. And I knew she would ask that question. And I was like, well, here's my answer. Like, I was scared you would judge me. And I wanted to work this out with him. Like, I was, it was that war within myself. But I was scared that you were going to judge my intent. I was scared that you were going to judge my character, my heart. And that's why it took me so long to come forward. Yeah. And, and honestly, I just wanted to protect him, too. I wanted to protect the both of us. Like, I didn't want either one of us getting kicked out or being questioned of our qualifications here. Yeah, but he also knew, like this can't go on without being dealt with either. Exactly. And so after those questions, because they asked me questions first, um, and I felt like I had to, you know, stand up for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but after that, they were like very attuning. They really validated my pain and they they were very sorry. And then they also said, hey, um, we thank you for telling us. Like we really appreciate it. We would lo- actually love to talk to X about this as well. Do we have your permission to bring this forward to X to say that you told us all this? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like I want y'all to talk to him. Mm-hmm. I want this to be figured out. I want all of this to be confronted because I do believe that Jesus confronts things, not in a conflict way. Um, even though there are stories in the Bible where he does get angry, which we're, we'll go into that later. I'm not going to go into it right now. But Jesus does confront things. He's a confronting God. But he does it in a loving, kind way mm-hmm. in when it's appropriate. And so um, I told them that, too. And they're like, okay, we're here for you. We're for you, Alexis. And so I felt really good after, after that conversation. I was like, wow, like they really understood me. Mm-hmm. I felt really seen and heard, right? So I was like, oh my gosh, maybe this is all coming to an end. Here comes my healing, all that stuff, right? Right. And so um, so Wednesday night comes around. I'm still having to act like put on this face, like, okay. And, and like even when Wednesday nights would come, like I would have to take moment by moment. And there were some moments where I literally had to go be by myself just so I could like reconnect to myself. And mm-hmm. wouldn't feel overwhelmed, just constantly being around him and all this stuff. And thinking about everything. Yes. So it was hard. And um, so after um, students ended, um, I noticed X wasn't around and neither was Chad. And I go up to Mara and I'm like, hey, I just wanted to thank you again for just listening to me and being so understanding. She was like, oh my gosh, yes, of course. Like, we're for you, Alexis. Um, She was like, I do want to tell you that Chad is in a room talking to X right now. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about it. Um, And I was like, okay. And she was like, but I just wanted to bring this to your attention. Eventually, we want to put you and ex in a room like all four of us in a room and just talk it out get whatever closure you need or even um just talking to each other Mm -hmm. and um so we can move forward as a team and I'm like that is amazing that's exactly what I want to do I'm all for it Mm -hmm. um and so I felt good and she was like we will keep in contact with you let her you let you know what happens all this stuff and I'm like thank you I appreciate it go home couple days go by 
and then a week goes by, and then a week and a half goes by. And you've heard? Nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I texted her. I was like, hey, Mara, I just wanted to follow up with you. Like, how's everything going? Is everything okay? Mm-hmm. I haven't really heard about the situation since. And she was like, yeah, Chad talked to X. I was like, okay, you don't have to give me specifics. If you want it to be confidential, confidential, it's fine. Um, I just wanted to know how it go, it, how it went. Um, because in my head, I'm like, oh my God, is he turning them against me? Like, mm-hmm. did he lie to them? With Were they manipulated by him? Mm-hmm. Like, I was manipulated? Yeah, like those fears are coming up of like, are you painting me as mm-hmm. the bad guy again? Because it's been so long since, it ha- you know, it's been a while. Yeah. And so, and... She was like, yes, X was very honest with Chad. (laughs) I was like, okay, are we still wanting to get us all in a room and talk? um, When are we going to do that? And she was like, yeah, we're still waiting on the Holy Spirit to answer that question. And I was like, okay, um, I'm sorry, I'm a little confused. I get... um, just was something that said that made it change your mind from like, oh, this is going to happen to now it's like, oh, it might not happen or we're waiting. like. Yeah. And she was like, well, I never said that that was actually going to happen. <laughs> and so... You're like, okay. I was like, and I hate, if it's something serious, I don't like texting. Yeah. Because a lot of miscommunication can get... Like, people just won't get on the same page. Yeah. Like, I'm reading it a certain way, and then she might be reading my text a certain way. Yeah, like, you can't understand tone or anything in text messages. Exactly. It's all about the tone. And so, I was like, okay, well, if you could just give me a call whenever you can tonight or whenever you're available. Like, I know you're busy. And she was like, yeah, I'll give you a call later tonight. And I was like, okay, great. Um, And so, she gives me a call later that night, and um, I was like... Obviously, I'm already freaking out. Yeah. And she was like, she she was like, Alexis, why are you crying? I was like, I feel like either he said something to you and he's turning y'all against me or now I'm not sure. Like, I I don't, I don't get how it went from like, oh, we're all going to talk to now. Like, I'm not sure we're waiting on the Holy Spirit, which I understand if that's what y'all want to do. But it's just weird how things are changing mm-hmm. when there was has no when there hasn't been any communication to me, and I feel like he manipulated y'all and lied to you. Yeah. So whenever she called you, you just started crying. Yeah. Okay. And she was like, "No, Alexis, that's not it. We are for you. X wouldn't lie to us." And I'm like, "Okay, but I thought that too." And I feel like he is manipulating you. And what if we do get all get in a room now? And he just like, she was like, well, then it's up to you. You can let me know if you still want to do that. I was like, okay. She was like, but you're getting so emotional about this. I was like, um. You go through that thing and you tell me if you're, you get emotional yeah. or not. And so I was like, okay, I guess I'll just, like, I'll breathe and I'll think about it some more. She's like, okay, just let me know. Another week goes by, and this has already been, like, two, over two weeks since mm-hmm. I told them, and I was like, hey, 
hey, I, I, I have thought about it a lot. Like, I am still ready. Like, I still want to do that. Like, all four of us talk in a room. Because there are things that I want to say, of course. Because ever since, it's been over two weeks since I found out that he's cheated on me. All this stuff. Yeah. Like, all this, and all, all of it was revealed. Mm-hmm. And I haven't said one single thing to him, but I've been around him constantly at church. Yeah. Having to act like none of this happened. Like, that was killing me. Yeah. And especially me. Exactly. Because also in the meantime, it's like, you're replaying every single part of y'all's relationship. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, okay, now that I know the truth, where did I see it every single time? What parts where I was, I was so confused. I didn't understand that now it makes sense because I know the truth. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, I texted her the day before, um, students was going to happen again. And I was like, Hey, yeah, just want to let you know I'm ready. She texted back. Okay. We're still waiting on the Holy Spirit, but would you be willing to just move on from this? None of us have a conversation and still work as a team. Like, just move on, N- none of us say anything, and just move forward, and um, all of us work as a team. A.K.A., will you pick up that rug so we can sweep it under there? Yes, that's how I <laughs> felt. Yes, that's how I saw it, mm-hmm. as what they're saying. And I was like, I was just completely mind-blown by that text, first off. And so I wasn't saying no to I can't move forward. I was saying to no, we're definitely going to have a conversation. Right. I was like, no, I do believe we need to talk. Mm -hmm. All this needs to be confronted. This is why I brought this up. So all of it can be out in the open and we can all talk about it and I'll find freedom in this, to be honest. Yeah. Cause I can't keep shoving it down every single week. Yeah. And pretending. Exactly. And I wanted him to, I just wanted help. I wanted him to get help. Yeah. Cause you at this point, you're like, we've tried it on our own several times, mm-hmm. several times, and, and it I hasn't did, worked. And I didn't mean us get help as a couple. No, 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 as individuals. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. You're like, I'm broken. He's broken. What do we do? Yes. And so she was like, so, she, okay, she got <laughs> mad. <laughs> she, she got mad at that response. Mm-hmm. No reply. Um. Next day comes, I see her at students right before leader meeting. I'm like, hey, can I talk to you before, you know, the night starts so we can just clear the air? I feel like there's a lot of miscommunication. Maybe I felt attacked and you felt attacked by my words. I just want to clear things up. She's like, no, I'm not going to talk to you right now. I was like, okay, can I talk to you after service then if you're available? She was like, sure. I was like, okay. So I already knew. I knew this is going to be a conversation um, after. So um, service ends at night. We go into a room. And I remember sit down and I'm already feeling so much. Anxiety. Yeah. And her face is just straight like she's pissed. She's pissed. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I feel like there was a lot of miscommunication in our tech. Maybe you were reading one thing. Um, and it was coming off another way that I did not intend and then vice versa. And I just want to clear things up. And she was like, okay, first off, you will never speak to me like that again. 
I was like, okay, how, I'm sorry, how was I speaking to you? She was like, well, honestly, Alexis, the way you acted towards me, even on the phone call when you were first telling us, and even through text messages, you're acting like I can't even do my job. I can do my job. And I was like, Mara, I did not, like, I know you can do your job. I did not mean for it to come off. Well, you said that Jesus is a confronting God. And like, if we don't confront this, then we're not, we're not good. I'm like, that's not what I said. Yeah. That's not what what she heard. That's not what I meant. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm sorry that it came off like this. Like, I'm just over here wanting y'all's help. And then you're asking me to just move forward without a conversation when you told me that we would all talk about it. Like, that was my expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, no, I told you we would think about it. I was like, okay, I'm, well, I heard we will. Yeah. And also at the very beginning, like, there was so much, like, compassion from them. And then all of a sudden, like, it just, it, there was no compassion there. After like, they talked to X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so... And she was like, and even while she was talking, like, of course, like, I tried not to, but tears just streamed down my face. And she's like, why are you crying? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm just very confused. Like, I'm just surprised that, like, you're upset with me that we're even in this conversation like this. And this is the atmosphere of this conversation. And, like, I'm sorry And she was like, well, honestly, like, I'm questioning your heart in this. I don't want to put you in a room with X just for you to yell at him. And I'm questioning your intentions to why you even brought it up. And I was like, so you just made my worst fear come to light because this is exactly why it has taken me this long to tell you and Chad Mm -hmm. because of that right there what you just said that you question my heart you question my character yeah and I straight out I flat out said Mara if I wanted to yell at X I would just go do that right now I've yelled at him many times Mm -hmm. I don't need y'all to yell at him exactly and she was like, well, Alexis, like, like, we're, we're trying to figure this out. Like, we don't know how to do this. This has never happened before. And I'm like, I understand that. I've never been through this before. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what to do either. Yeah, this is uncharted territory for all of us. And she was like, well, you have to trust me. You have to trust me. And I was like, I'm sorry, but it, I, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe I should just trust you to hear the Holy Spirit. Um, but I guess my trust has been broken a lot this year. Krista wants to say no, something. No, I'm just like thinking, cause I'm like, how do you sit there and pretty much tell me like, I'm questioning you. I'm questioning your intentions. I'm questioning everything, but just trust me. Like, no, I don't trust you. Cause you in your head are already painting me as a certain person, which is my biggest fear because I know the truth and I know that other people have manipulated it to make me seem a certain way. And you are basically, like, backing them up. Yeah. And so, and then she even said, now, if you just want to leave and leave this church, then you can. I looked at her. I was like, 
I wasn't even, that wasn't even in my mind to leave. Mm -hmm. I, that's not what I wanted out of any of this. I just couldn't believe she even, I couldn't believe that was in her mind. And she said that Mm -hmm. like to me. Yeah. Cause never once did you say I'm going to leave. Never once. I want, I was fighting for this. I told y'all and I want to have, whenever me, if I'm having a conversation with you and if I want conversations and I want to talk things out with you, that means I'm fighting for you. Yeah. As soon as that stops, that means I've given up on you. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's what I was trying to do. I wanted to fight for me to stay here, for me to feel safe again, for me to just get help, for me to not feel so alone anymore. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she, that was even in her mind after hearing all of that, after hearing me cry and hearing my story and everything that I went through and like how she was even a part of it a little bit like or was with me through it all a little bit. Like it, it felt like a it, it felt like a betrayal. Yeah. And so, honestly, just after that, I wanted to get out of there. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to have to trust you. Um, But honestly, in that conversation, after that conversation ended, I was like, I know where I stand with her. Mm -hmm. And, um, And so I just walked out. And I remember once I left, um, X was calling me Mm -hmm. and texting me, asking if we could talk. And so I was like, oh, yeah. Yes, we can talk. We're going to talk because obviously yeah, nobody's going to do this for us. So we meet up at this place that we, we used to play basketball at. Yeah, it was just, anyways, that's besides. <laughs> you play basketball? Well, I played it with him. Okay. <laughs> okay, anyways. So, <laughs> poorly, I may add. Okay, anyways. So we go and meet there. And, um, oh, man, I remember I was fuming. Cause I was ready. And, and even after that conversation, I was like, Oh my God, what did you fricking say to them? And, um, I remember him just standing out there and he, you could tell he, he just knew. And, um, I remember I got out of the car and I waited for him to say something. And he was like, Alexis, I just wanted to, um, talk to you because I don't like how we left off the last time in March. I remember him just starting off of like, I really want to fix things. I really want to tell you everything that happened. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, go ahead. I was like, I already know everything, but go ahead. Yeah. And he was like, Alexis, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I've been dealing with a lot of things. And I was like, oh my God. He's going to give another excuse. He's going to justify it. So then I went off and I'm like, no, you don't get to justify this. You don't get to give me a reason or an excuse. What you did was demonic, like straight up evil. Mm -hmm. The extent that he went, like, it's not like I didn't check anything. Like he showed me his phone throughout this whole time. He was showing me his Instagram. He deleted pictures or he saved it in his archive or whatever because Instagram does that now. So, like, he was smart with it. He was brilliant Mm -hmm. with it. Creative. Yes. And it it was just evil. It was so evil, the extent that he went and how he always blamed it on me and yelled at me. And 
just turned everything on me. And I was I was telling him this and I was just getting everything out. And he was like, I know, I know. And I was like, but no, you should be with her. Still be with her. I don't want you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to marry you. I don't want to walk down the aisle to you. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I'm not going to marry her. I don't want her. I never really wanted her. And he was, he was saying, like, I want you still. I'm still believing that God's going to redeem this. I'm still believing that God's going to um, make a miracle out of this. And he's going to fix it. How can you still think that God can even change this? He was like, I know. Like, I realize what I've done. Like, please just believe me. And I was like, well, then did you give me chlamydia? And he was like, he was like, yes. He was like, I had sex with another girl in June. And she texted me in July that she has had that she had chlamydia and that I need to go get tested. And I'm like, and then you didn't tell me. Right. You didn't think of me. And so, yes, X was the one who gave me chlamydia and lied about it the whole time. And so it was just a long, long, long conversation. And eventually, like we came to terms and like he would talk about like now I really do know why the things I do and I told my family that you exposed me and that and I told G what happened and that and I even broke up with her and I and I told her that like I want to work things out with you like I've just never been able to get over you and I was like and to me as he was talking I'm like maybe he learned his lesson this time like maybe he truly is Like, maybe this allowed him to really see and open his eyes and open his heart. Like, oh, my God, what did I do? Like, and then he even told me how he was doing drugs this whole past year during this time and how some of the memories he's blocked out because he was just blacked out. Mm -hmm. And that's why he was doing the things he was doing because of drugs and then this family stuff, family trauma that he's been through, which I'm not going to mention it because it's not my story. It's like that's his just out of respect. And, um. And so he was like, please, can you please give me another chance just to earn your respect and trust back? I gave him a chance, and this was in May. So this is the beginning of May when we had that talk. And so things were different. It seemed different um, when, as I was giving him opportunities to earn my trust back and respect back, and we were working on, like, a friendship level, quote-unquote friendship level. We weren't acting as friends, though. So. Um, like, I would – it was kind of like how it used to, like – He would show me his phone a lot again, but at the same time, I'm like, well, you've done that before. You could just delete it. And he was like, no, Alexis, you can trust me now this time. Like, you really think after all this, I would still lie to you? Like, no, I've learned my lesson. Like, like Jesus has spoken a new identity over me. Like, all that's in the past. I want to be free now. And it feels so freeing not being able to text two girls at the same time and talk to them and all this stuff. So he was very. Yeah. mm Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then I would go to the gym with him almost every morning like we used to. And, like, he would come and stay the night again a lot. And um, so we were working on things. And then um, towards the end of May, beginning of June, as we were going to church um, and stuff, uh, he told me that, Mara and Chad offered him the internship program that they're doing now there at that church and how they offered it to him for free. And 
I was like, okay, well, that's good. Like, I was proud of him, but then at the same time, confused because they haven't really talked to me since everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was just almost like they favored him all of a sudden as while me and him were working things out. And he even told me, he was like, I feel like they're not really giving you the benefit of the doubt. Like, I feel like they're not being fair to you. And I was like, yeah, no, I know. And I was like, it's, did you say something? And he'd always say, no, like I was for you. And they know I still want to be with you and all this stuff. And I was like, okay. But then um, in June, um, one weekend, his friend from Virginia, because X is from Virginia, um, his friend came in town. And they were all like hanging out that weekend. And one Sunday they went to Six Flags. And I was like, hmm, I have a weird feeling. My body got a weird feeling. That intuition. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get on Instagram. And I'm going to see. Because he's taking advantage of me being off of Instagram. Mm-hmm. And he's taking advantage of my healing process. I'm not going to let him take advantage of it anymore. Right. So I got on Instagram. And I went to his friend's profile in his stories and um there's a picture of all of them together and g is with them and x is like holding her i was like yeah (laughs) yeah i was like what a fucking liar and um so i go to her instagram for the first time and i see everything i see all the pictures um, I even see the My Boo highlight, mm-hmm. and, um, they called each other lovey, mm-hmm. and as I was seeing all those pictures, and I realized, wow, <clears throat> you tried to recreate my, our relationship with her. You called her your person. You called her your lovey, which that was my word. Mm-hmm. And you took that. And you you tried to recreate me through her. And I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, I was done. Because I knew he didn't break up with her. I knew, like, wow. Really? Even after this? You're yeah. still... You didn't even, you missed this opportunity. You didn't take this opportunity to really look at yourself. You're still doing it. Like, what is it? Yeah. What is it that you're trying to hold on to? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because y'all sat there and had deep-ass conversations about why y'all are and do the things that y'all do. Yeah, and it's like he knows it, but he just doesn't want to change it. It's almost, it's easier to put a pink, like a Band-Aid on it and then be like, okay, it's fixed, and then move on. Exactly. It's not fixed. Exactly. And, and I'm like, if you want to hold on to her, hold on to her. Stop coming back to me. Yeah. Stop coming back to me. Let me go. Right. And I would tell him that all the time. Just let me go. Yeah. And so when I saw that that Sunday, I just completely, like, blocked him. And he was trying to call me. And, um, and, he, and I, I told him, I was like, no, I see this. I was, you know, 
But then I just blocked him because he was just going to deny it and be just completely rude. And so I blocked him. And then Wednesday comes up and um, he tries to talk to me before I walk inside the building. But I just walk in before he even gets the chance to talk to me. And um, I stay clear of him. And I had a feeling going in this Wednesday that like, I don't know what to do. Like, this happened again. Like, he really, really missed this opportunity to change or to really figure out why he does the things that he does. Like, he still stayed in it. Like, he still chose this opportunity to manipulate it even further and to twist things even further. And then to even have me still in the midst of that, which was confusing. And I was like, but what am I going to do when it's happening all over again? And I feel like the stupid one for taking him back and believing that he could even change. And I can't go to Mara or Chad because they take his side. They freaking promoted him to an internship internship program to where he would eventually get a job there Mm -hmm. and gave him more responsibility after all this like I I have nobody I have nobody once again and so I go in there and I had I just had a feeling like like my heart just dropped into my stomach that like I need to say goodbye to my students and so I go to the students I was close with and I'm just talking to them and I just felt like an overwhelming feeling to just pray for them and um I pray for them and then once worship starts I go in the auditorium and I go into this back corner of the auditorium where it's dark and where nobody usually is around and I stand there I'm like God we're about to have the most honest freaking talk that I've ever had with you in my life (laughs) like I'm so serious right now. Yeah. I took off my my heels that I always wear. <laughs> I'm like, God, this is sacred ground. You need to come. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to have a talk. Yeah. And I just remember falling to my knees, just bursting into tears, saying, I can't. I can't do this anymore. I feel so alone. And then I was like, how could I ever love somebody like this? Like, how could I ever believe in somebody like this could change? How could I ever believe that, like, I could have a miracle? How could I ever believe that this could be redemption for me? Like, and then I was even mad and so angry. And I was like, why? You could have fixed it. Mm -hmm. You could have changed it. God, you could have healed it. God, you could have transformed it. God, you could have transformed him. God, you could have gotten his attention. God, you could have you could have changed everything and you didn't. You could have fixed everything. Don't you see it? He hurt me, God. Don't you see it? I'm your daughter. You didn't do anything. You didn't do any, and I was just like, where were you? Where were you when he was cheating on me? Where were you when he was kissing her when... And as he was kissing me, where were you when he tried to recreate a relationship? Where were you when he was telling her all the same things that he was telling me? Where were you when he was manipulating and twisting everything and making me feel crazy? And I just remember just crying and just being honest and just having so much anger and so much hate. And just wanting it to all end. 
and I wanted to leave. I just couldn't believe that this was all happening, even this, like, even after everything and how I was looked at differently. And I remember Jesus coming so quickly and grabbing my face in such a fatherly, such a, like, look at me, look at me, look at me, stop. Like, I'm right here, I'm right here. And I remember him saying, I'm right here, I'm right here. You're okay, take your time. He was like, I'm so, so sorry. I'm so sorry. He was like, I'm grieving with you. He was like, I wanted it to work out. I did. I wanted all the same things you wanted. I wanted I wanted it to work out. I'm so sorry this didn't work out. I'm so sorry you are in such deep pain. I'm sorry your heart is breaking. But Alexis, I'm right here. I've always been here. I'm fighting for you. I'm pursuing you. I've never left you. I chose you in the beginning of time. I love your heart. I love that you can believe in somebody. I love that you wanted him to change. I love that you wanted to see a miracle. I love that you wanted that this to happen for you because that's who I am. I love that you wanted to believe in him. I love that you didn't want to give up on him. I love that you loved him because that's me. That's the image of me. That's I'm, that You should be proud of that. That you hope for change. That you want to believe that people can change. He was like, but I'm so sorry. It was wrong. He should have never cheated on you. I'm so sorry Mara talked to you like that. I'm so sorry that this was handled in a completely wrong way. I'm so sorry that you feel alone. I'm so sorry that this has happened to you. Because this shouldn't have happened to you. This isn't what I wanted for you. And then he said, he said, but I want you to trust me. Alexis, can you trust me? And with tears streaming down my face, I eventually said, yes, I trust you. And he was like, whenever you're ready, I want you to get up, put your heels back on, and you're going to take my hand, and we're going to walk out of here together. And so, I saw Jesus stand up, extend his hand out, I wiped my tears, I got up, put my heels on. And I took his hand and I walked out of that auditorium and I walked out of that church. And even though I felt so powerful in that moment, it was still very sad. Like I was leaving a church that was my home for seven years. I was leaving relationships that I have built. I was leaving the dream Mm -hmm. that I had to give up. The dream of growing there the dream of I had to give up everything 
And I remember driving to a park, still crying, and I removed, like, myself from all the GMs and the group messages that we were all in. And I just remember still talking to Jesus about it and still saying, like, you could have changed it, though. And then I remember him saying, Alexis, if X knew right now in this moment what he truly did in the depth, the true depth of everything, it would overwhelm him. It would overwhelm him. It would kill him. Mm. I don't want to overwhelm my son. Mm. And I understood that in that moment, and I still do. Because there is a time for everything. And X is Jesus. Like, X is God's son. So I get it. Yeah. And I know that people can only really see what they've truly done if they're willing to, if they're willing to look at it and accept it and really go there. Mm -hmm. And X wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't willing because it would be too painful. Yeah. And, um... And so, yeah, I left the church, and I remember one of my friends that I led with called me. And she was like, what happened? And I just told her everything, like how I was giving him a chance, but just, you know, nothing ever changed, and it just got worse. It just kept getting worse. And she was like, I remember the first thing she said to me, she was like, Alexis, there's something wrong with you. Like, you're sick. Like, you went back to him. You kept giving him a chance. Like, you're victimizing yourself. You're running away. You're, there's something wrong with you. And I remember, this is probably the first time I've, like, actually used my voice to somebody who was a part of it. I was like, you will never talk to me like that again. There is nothing wrong with me. Yeah. Because if God doesn't say that there's anything wrong with me, you have no authority to mm -hmm. say that there's anything wrong with me or that I'm sick. Yeah. Like, I feel like, too, like, for society, like, in society, they will look at a situation similar to this and be like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Right? Mm -hmm. But touching on like what you said earlier like there's nothing wrong with believing in someone there's nothing wrong with continuing to have compassion for someone there's nothing wrong with still choosing someone because you love them mm -hmm. and you're like I, I want the best for you and I want you to get better and I want us like there's nothing wrong with that at all and I just feel like it's so easy for that girl to sit there and say that. But, like, I just wish people would realize if you, <laughs> if I took her and put her in this exact same situation, feeling the exact same things that you felt and all of those things, like, I wonder if her story would be different. Like, if her words would have been different. Because I highly, like, I suggest that they, I suggest, I think that they would be. Mm -hmm. Well, and also you think about it, like, when people do go through similar things that I have gone through or just with anything, like, they either come of, come out of it with a stone-cold heart or mm -hmm. with a softened heart. Yeah. Like, 
I'm, I'm really thinking about it this way. Like, think about how many, like, if you just think about your relationship with God, mm-hmm. how many times were you like, were you like, you know what, screw this. Or like, what, what the hell are you doing? Like getting mad at them. And God wasn't just like, oh, well, she keeps leaving me. So I'd be an idiot if I just kept going back to her. Like God is literally the epitome mm-hmm. of being like, okay, I still choose you. I still love you. It's called unconditional love. Exactly. And so, and that's the thing, like, even, even, like, months after me leaving, like, nobody else reached out to me. Like, Mara reached out to me, like, two weeks later saying, like, hey, I noticed that you left. Everything okay? It felt more of, like, just a checklist off, like, let me make sure if she's coming back or not. Yeah. And then, like, I knew if I were to text her how I felt or just share with her what happened, I wouldn't be heard. And I didn't want to put myself in that position anymore. Because Mara, in that moment, like, now that I'm out of it, she didn't see me as a woman. She didn't see me as a human being. She didn't speak with compassion. She truly didn't understand. It was more of like, I'm the pastor here. You don't get to question my authority or job. When actually we're just two human beings on the same level. And it should have just been that. There should be no titles. There should be no like, oh, I'm in this position and you're in this position. You're lower than me. Like, I feel like what the what a true leader is, is actually empowering, empowering others and lifting people up higher than you Mm -hmm. and giving them opportunity and a chance to be capable and powerful and know who they truly are. It's almost like, and, and I'm not saying this is true for everybody that works there, but just in some of your experiences, like from an outsider looking in, like, cause I didn't really go to that church at all. Um, it just seemed like, they just wanted you if you could portray yourself as perfect. Like they didn't want the messy stuff of life. They just wanted like, like you say, a cookie cutter Christian Mm -hmm. view. They wanted it to look perfect. Yeah. Because in church, and I know a lot of people have felt this way, like, yes, people know that you're messy, Mm -hmm. but just don't admit to it or don't show that you're messy and then we'll accept you. Mm -hmm. But how about we just all admit that we're messy And that I'm not better than you, you're not better than me, that we're all just human beings trying to figure out this crazy thing called life. Mm -hmm. And we all were meant to work together, heal each other, talk to each other, build community with each other. Since when did it become about, oh, I feel insecure, but let me make myself bigger than you and let me make myself point out your flaws so I feel like I'm better than you. It's not about that, guys. Like... We have to stop acting like we're better than everybody. We're not better than anybody. Like I said, we're all fucked up. Mm -hmm. We're all messy. We're all dealing with insecurities. We're all dealing with any wounds. And there's so much grace and compassion in that. And if we all just came together and got self-aware, actually had the conversations that we're all yearning to Mm -hmm. have then we'd all feel safer. Yeah. And people have said to me like, oh, the church didn't, they're like, the church didn't hurt you. It's just the people did. The people are the, the church. church. 
The building did not hurt me. Maybe I ran into the door a couple times, but I'm telling you, the pain of that lasts, like, hurt a lot less than this pain. But, like, the mentality of the church now is, like, you're supposed to be this perfect human being, and that's not, you're not capable of being perfect. So that, I feel like, I mean, from personal experiences, like, I feel like that drives you to pretending to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to show my flaws. I'm going to pretend that I am this great Christian, holier than thou person. And that's not how it is because every single person in that church has flaws. Exactly. And that's the thing. Ignorance, um, not being aware of why we truly do the things that we do is actually just destructive. Mm-hmm. It's not bliss. Yeah. It's not perfection. It's destructive behavior that you're blind to. Yeah. And my thing, like, just talking, <laughs> like, talking to maybe people who don't believe or whatever, like, it's because of people, like, like it's because of that reason, typically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just the way that Christians... Um, portray themselves. There you go. That's the word. I'm like, what is the word? Yeah. And I remember last, like last week, like one of my students texted me and I guess she's just been like, she doesn't like going there, but she's forced to go there because her parents, mm-hmm. um, so instead of going, cause she doesn't feel welcome there. She hasn't felt welcome since I left. Um, and I remember her texting me saying that, well, instead of just going inside because I just hate being there, I just stay out in the parking lot mm-hmm. the whole time alone in my car. And I was like, why is this the first time that I'm hearing about this? Like, this breaks my heart. Like, why isn't. And that's the thing. We get so caught up in the image of what church we're going to and how we're supposed to dress and how we're supposed to act (laughs) and what the cookie cutter Christian is supposed to look like and be like and talk like. But there's people that are hurting. And in the midst of that, we miss it. We miss it. We miss it, guys. We don't see actually with our hearts. We don't see with compassion. And it breaks my heart that there are students sitting on their car because they don't want to go inside. Like, that's real. That's real. And that needs to be seen. And so, yeah, that breaks my heart. And if if I could, if I, I would totally go back just for that student or just for those students and love on them because that's who my heart is. That's who I am. I have a question. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) when you say you miss it sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm asking and I could totally be wrong but I'm asking you like is it the routine that you miss of being there like for seven years for seven years to be there every Wednesday or sometimes other days of the week and then Sunday like that's a long time Mm -hmm. like and so when you're thinking I know I know you miss your students I know that that's a lot of it, but like when you say you miss it, like what parts are you thinking that you're missing? Like honestly. Mm. <laughs> um, 
maybe I missed the feeling I got because I was going to this specific church. Like, this specific church is... <clears throat> it's a pretty well-known church. And... It's like it it almost gives a persona like if you go to this church, then you're somebody. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. And like you're important. But when I was there, I didn't feel like important. I felt like just a body to be used and do stuff with. Like even though they promised me a lot, that didn't actually happen. And I was waiting for somebody to see me, see me, see me. So I can do the things that I want to do. But it never actually happened. So would you say like the idea of the church? Yeah, the idea of the church. The idea of what I thought my life would be like there. Right. Like you're very much the type of person who like, you want connection with people. Mm -hmm. Like you want to get down to the deepest root of somebody. Like... That's who Alexis is. Mm -hmm. And I feel like throughout this whole um, experience, I I won't say whole, just, or well, yeah, this whole past experience, um, I feel like you kind of saw that maybe some people, and I won't say the whole church because I don't know everybody at that church, Mm -hmm. right? But some people, instead of connecting with you, they would rather sweep things under the rug in order to keep face. Yeah. Because, and I feel like a lot of people get caught up in it. Like, shit, I got caught up in it. Like, you want to portray this certain person, this certain church, this certain leader. And it's like, well, anything that could diminish that or make it look bad, like, you want to just cover it up. You don't want to actually get to the root of it. Because it's scary to get to the root of it. Yeah. And that's why people are scared. Like, we're all scared to feel that pain or to realize things about ourselves because then it would make us feel bad mm-hmm. or ugly. But no, like the reason why we say like the good, the bad and the ugly on this podcast is because that's truth. But still within that truth, God still calls all of it good. He just sees it through a lens of love. But we have to be honest about it. We have to be honest with ourselves. Like God knows it. Mm-hmm. It's not about being honest with him. It's about being honest with ourselves so God can be invited into that honesty and he can show you more through mm-hmm. the lens of love. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it's about. Yeah. And um, we all want to belong. Going back to, like, putting on a face, like, we all, all want to belong to something and to be known and seen. But in that, we feel like we need to put on a different face because we don't even accept ourselves. Mm-hmm. So... That's, but like, I just wish, and I guess my prayer is for everyone, like, accept yourself first. Yeah, I will tell you, like, there's no, like, yes, being accepted is a great feeling, but there's no greater feeling than showing all of you the good, the bad, and, and the, the ugly. ugly. <laughs> like, there's no greater the feeling than showing every single part of yourself and still being loved and accepted. Like I don't have to pretend because I think this is what people will love and accept me if I do this or if I, you know, act this way or if I do these things, like 
there's no greater feeling than being like, this is me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not perfect because I'm human. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not perfect, but like, and they're still embracing you. And they're like, we love you. We're glad you're yeah. here. Thank you so much. Like, I don't know. Like, there's literally no greater yeah. feeling than that, in my personal opinion. Yeah. And that's how it should be. Like, it shouldn't be like, mm, you had sex. So, yeah. It, you sinner, you heathen. Yeah. And that's how, you know, it should be just being accepted and fully known and putting love back into it. Putting, you know, just pureness in a way of like, not pureness in a way of like, oh, I can't do this, check off the boxes, but pureness in a way of our emotions and feeling everything and being accepted in it. Like, I think that's what I would pray for. And I think, I mean, do you have anything else to say or do you feel like we said everything? Because if so, then I'm just going to go into prayer. And um. Yes. Um, I want to pray over the people who have been hurt by the church because I know there's a lot. And then I also want to pray over the people who have been cheated on or have felt like they've been used and um, just betrayed in general. I want to validate you. So... If you could just close your eyes. If you're driving, I mean, don't, don't close, close your, your eyes. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but still be in tune with yourself. Um, if you need to put your hand over your heart, I put my hand over my heart and over my tummy so I can just get connected. Um, and I just want you to close your eyes and maybe you can actually have an encounter of this and take the um, people who hurt you off the face of God. And because that's not who God is. That person who didn't validate your pain, that person who judged you, that person who um, put accusations against your character, that person who um, just painted you out to be a villain or a crazy person, that's not what God really thinks of you. Um, I want you to picture God just holding your face, um, looking at you with such love and compassion And I want you to know that believing in somebody, believing that a miracle can happen for you, believing in a redeeming and a redeeming love, there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with you for hoping for change. There is nothing wrong with you for hoping that a person can grow up or transform or believing that your circumstances circumstances can change. There's nothing wrong with believing in that. That is who Jesus is. That is the image of God. You are the image of God. You're worthy. You're seen. You're validated in that pain. I am so sorry that that person hurt you. I am so sorry that that pastor judged you and didn't lead you right and didn't lead you to um, bring you in with compassion or make you feel powerful or capable or seem. You're not just a body that just needs to be used or just needs to be like, like, oh, go do this, go do that. You, you, there's no value in you. Like there is value in you. Your body is worth so much more than just being used by somebody. And I'm so sorry if you were betrayed or cheated on. And 
I'm so sorry they left you or I'm sorry that they stayed and traumatized you even more. That's wrong. That should have never happened. I'm so sorry that these people hurt you and made you feel so alone, so isolated and tried to silence your voice. I am calling you to use your voice. You don't have to be silent anymore. I give you permission to use your voice in whatever way you feel like you need to. You were not called to be silent. You were called to share your story. You were called to feel powerful and capable and partner with God into your true identity and to step into your true identity. I give you permission to step into your true identity right now and to use your voice. You're so loved. You're so seen. And I want to extend an invitation to you. And I want you to see Jesus extend his hand out, asking you to trust him. Will you trust me? Will you take my hand and let me walk you into freedom? Let me walk you into healing. Healing is the most painful, most rewarding thing you will ever do. Because you're stepping into who you are meant to become. But I want to say again that I just pray healing over your heart. That you don't grow into a stony, cold heart. Mm -hmm. That this can actually um, soften your heart and fill with compassion. And see through a lens of love, through a perspective that you are a woman. And that you can use your voice. Or that you are a man. And you can step into true healthy masculinity. But we just want to say that we love you. That you're seen. That you're heard. And that you were never called to be silent. Mm -hmm. You do not need to be silent. I give you permission to share your story, to be who you are, to step into healing. Your story matters. It does matter. Mm -hmm. No matter who tells you, it don't. Exactly. <laughs> and whoever's telling you not to share your story, that's the enemy. Mm -hmm. Because I bet you they wouldn't say that to a pastor on a platform not to share their story. You're just as important, important as a pastor or a speaker. Mm-hmm. Just because you don't have the title doesn't mean that you're not important. You're important. Yeah. And now we, we're, like, we still have so much, you know, love and compassion for the church. This is by me, like, we're not trying to bash anybody or any um, church, but we're, because we understand that they are being led by humans, like, and it's going to yeah. be imperfect, and that's fine, but... Yeah, but as long as we can just be better and be just aware. get self-aware mm -hmm. and have those conversations, there's a difference between um, conflict and confrontation. Right. There's such a big difference, and it could confrontation can actually be used in a healthy way, but since... Um, the world sees as confrontation as, ooh, let me, let me get on mad. Like, <laughs> like butting heads or something. Yeah, yeah, like that's not truly what confrontation is. Like therapy, coaching, like confrontation is a part of that. It's just the view of it has been um, not used in or not been shared or taught in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Confrontation is actually very healthy. Yeah. It's you actually being honest and sharing your feelings and be like, hey, this is... Mm -hmm. This is it. This is how I feel. Exactly. 
All right. Do we have homework for people? Hmm. Still, if you're still doing the um, journal thing where you are trying to just become aware and noticing your thoughts, um, that's always a good place to start. Um, I, I do... would ask this. Oh, oh go oh, ahead. I do want to say there is a great book called The Untethered Soul that Alexis and I read, and that's always a great way to start because our minds were fucking blown when we were reading that, talking about awareness. But Um, Also, if you've ever been hurt um, by the church or been talked to in not a respectful way by a leader or a pastor or was a Uh, was abusive in some way I would just encourage you to write down that story and what you felt in that moment like don't like no filter exactly how you felt don't even worry about oh my god am I being a victim like no you're not being a victim you're just sharing how you felt and then I want you to read it and then I want you to allow like invite God into that story and see where he was and then Maybe in that he'll give you a new perspective and then write down the perspective that Jesus is giving you. Because I see it, Mara as just a little girl who was hurt and felt like her back was against the corner and she felt like she had to defend herself. And I can relate to that because I'm the same way. When I feel like I'm backed into a corner, I feel like I have to, you know, get Alexis up, you know, like right. my protector, my mama. Yeah. In, in me and be like, don't talk to me like that. So, like, I understand now, like, oh, it was just her little girl who was insecure, who felt like she, who felt like I was telling her that she was unqualified for her position. And that's not exact. That's not what I was saying at all. But yeah. there was something that was triggered within her. I think that's a great practice in general is instead, because easily you could have been like, you know what, fuck Mara. Fuck, you know, like, you could have, yeah. like, totally just been so angry at her. But instead it's like, okay, let me try to put myself in her shoes and let me see through the lens of her eyes. Like, why did she maybe act or say the things that she did? Like, I don't, I don't believe that it was like, I want to hurt Alexis and I want her to feel these things. It was more of a a reflection of her. And that's, I believe true for literally almost every thing that happens. Exactly. (laughs) All right. And then also just go play go escape go do some healthy escapes like get your favorite drink go to a coffee shop or go watch yes go on a hike or go watch um marvel marvel's always like the best escape for me Mm -hmm. go do something go do something that is like self-love for you how can you show yourself love exactly all right and we will see you next time for the final part four episode of this series i am so ready for it and i will tell you um how i'm gonna own my story and where me and x left off if we're still together if we're still not but are they maybe just kidding (laughs) come on am i am i kidding Who knows? I don't know. We will see. We will see. And then also remember that our website is always open if you want to connect with us. Yes. The real meaning of humanitypodcast.com. Email us, please. We want to hear your story. All right. We out. out. Bye. Bye.